Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com. I wanted to remind you before we get this week's show on the road that you can always call in with your questions for next week's episode, 716-508-0405. You can text that number as well if that's your preferred method of asking questions. Tweet us at rumblings Q and a with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us Instagram messages, Facebook messages, ask comments in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Obviously, the Bills played their second preseason game against the Carolina Panthers after a couple joint practices. So we'll be able to talk about that in this week's episode. The upcoming uh, third preseason game, the dress rehearsal game, as a lot of people call it. Uh, the 53-man roster and a whole lot more in this week's episode, plus a little bit of a rant on Christian Wade. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Before we get into the questions for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about the preseason game number two. We've been talking a little bit so far this offseason about how important training camp was, how important joint practices were, or preseason games. And of course, the Bills have looked pretty darn good in those joint practices and preseason games. Uh, Josh Allen has just had a very, very decisive, uh, good preseason so far. I don't want to read too much into it. Um, just because it is the preseason, Luke Keekley wasn't out there for the Carolina Panthers. And a lot of the passes that Allen threw were to Cole Beasley underneath in that kind of Luke Keekley range in the middle of the field. So I don't want to get too excited about it. But the Bills were really able to do some nice things against Carolina, both in those joint practices and in the game, like get Cole Beasley the ball, like be able to push the ball down the field to Tommy Sweeney. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Josh Allen in terms of his decisiveness, and I wrote this in my five-observation uh, piece after the game against the Panthers, is that he's being decisive. He's establishing to his wide receivers where the hot routes are. He's establishing to his offensive line where the, the blocking shifts need to happen. And he's just being a really decisive, I keep using the word, quarterback uh, in, the, in the backfield. And that really just shows how far he's come in the last year uh, under Brian Dable in this Bills offense. If he can be decisive and, and make the passes that he's been making in the preseason, that's great. Um, defenses haven't really been masking their coverage a whole lot in the preseason. That's obviously going to change once the regular season starts, and that's going to provide more challenges for him. But 
he seems to be in command of the offense. He seems to be making the right decisions. If he can just start putting the ball and the money more consistently, um, th there's no telling where he can go. The rest of the offense also looked very good. The defense looked very good against the Carolina Panthers. So I understand why Bills fans are getting a little bit excited, but it's still the preseason and you're still seeing vanilla approaches from opponents. So I'm very interested to see how this is all going to come together in the regular season, but we'll have to wait for that. That's just kind of my mini rant on the second preseason game. Now let's get to the questions. Boy, did I not think I was going to be talking about Christian Wade again this week. I've already spent a portion of at least two episodes talking about Christian Wade. First, when he was signed back this offseason or added to the roster or however you want to call it with the uh, International Pathway Program. And then last week after his 65-yard touchdown run against the Indianapolis Colts in the first week of the preseason. Now he has another 48-yard pass reception to his credit, and people are already talking about how he should make the, the roster and just be you know, the, the third running back or first-team running back or whatever you want to say. And, and Twitter kind of exploded on the idea of Wade over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday in particular, so much so that I reached out to the Bills to ask for some clarification on his roster status. Um, so I wanted to go through that. The question, of course, is, like, can the Bills add Christian Wade to their 53-man roster? And uh, it's the question I've been getting a lot this weekend. Wade can be added to the team's 53-man roster. That is a possibility. Uh, I reached out to the Bills, got confirmation on this. If he makes the team outright, he gets to be on the Bills' 53-man roster. Uh in order for him to get that extra spot on the practice squad, that 11th spot on the practice squad, he does have to pass through waivers. The Bills have to release him along with whatever it is, 40 other players or somewhere in that neighborhood to get from 91 players down to 53. Once he passes through waivers and becomes a free agent, then and only then can he make the Bills practice squad as either one of the 10-man practice squad or get that extra 11th practice squad spot. If he gets the 11th practice squad spot, he can't be called up to the active roster during the season. If they place him on the regular 10-man practice squad, he can be called up during the season, but they don't get that extra spot anymore. But if he can make another team's roster or the Bills roster, that's obviously better than just quote-unquote keeping him in the league, which is why he can be placed on the Bills 53-man roster or make another team's 53-man roster. What's unclear is what happens if he makes a roster initially and then is cut. Can he then revert back to the Bills and their 11th extra practice squad spot? Does that new practice squad spot go to the team that signed him? It's a very interesting conversation and one that's never really happened. Brings me to my next point. It's not going to happen this time either. Christian Wade has two really good snaps to his name in any football uniform ever. He's a great athlete, great athleticism, great vision. He's a great player. But he doesn't have it between the ears just yet. He doesn't know how to follow his blocks, as evidenced on his 48-yard uh, catch and run, where if he just followed his blockers, he would have had a 50-yard touchdown instead of a 48-yard catch and run. He 
doesn't know and understand pass protections. He doesn't understand how to block because he wasn't allowed to do that in rugby, or at least that's my understanding of the the game of rugby. He doesn't know how to read a defense pre-snap. He just has a lot of things not working for him, and he's the first to admit it. He called himself a four-year-old in terms of his football knowledge just last week after the game against the Indianapolis Colts. I, I don't see a path to the roster for him, even with injuries. They're keeping his snaps extremely limited. They're making him asking him to do one thing or two things in a game. And if he can't do all of the things, if he can't play special teams, if he can't run all the routes, if he can't do all the pass blocking, if he can't do all the things a running back is expected to do, he shouldn't make the Bills 53-man roster, and I don't think he's going to. Sean McDermott was asked about this on Sunday before practice. Uh, He was asked about Wade's ability to make the 53-man roster, and he started his answer with an anecdote talking about how Wade didn't understand how the offensive plays were called because it's a numbering system completely foreign to him. Um, he mentioned how far he's come, but didn't actually talk about his ability to make the roster or to make all the plays. He was asked point blank, is Christian Wade one of the players who has earned more reps? Will we see him on the second team during practice or in the game? And he said, we will see. We are just getting into the first day of the new week we'll kind of set the table as we go which is a super non-committal answer for someone who was talking so glowingly about him earlier so if you think that christian wade is going to make the 53-man roster see him take second team reps this week both in practice and against the detroit lions in the third preseason game I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's ready for the roster. That got me a lot of hate on Twitter this weekend. <laughs> but that's the question I'm getting a lot this week. Will Christian Wade make the 53-man roster? Our Twitter question of the week comes from Josh McKinney at Jay McKinney 35, who asks, with Cole Beasley emerging as Julian Edelman for the Bills, who can we expect to be the James White for the Bills? We need a short-range duo threat to wear out the defense like the Patriots do. Well, all of the Bills' backs can can catch pretty well. LaShawn McCoy has proven that over the years. Devin Singletary, a guy coming in i think he had six catches his entire senior year in college but one of the things the bills did during their workouts with him was throw him a ton of passes to see how his catching ability was and i think that was shown off against the carolina panthers in week two of the preseason he made an over the shoulder catch which was really nice he snagged a high pass out of midair Uh, he just showed really good hands and then of course the ability to turn up field with the ball so I think he's probably your closest bet to that. Um, you know, Frank Gore has, of course, caught the ball out of the backfield throughout his career as well. But if you're looking for that kind of workhorse underneath guy, it's probably Devin Singletary. Uh, but the Bills are going to be able to do a lot of things with their running backs because they are so versatile and there's so many of them. Uh, so it's a good question, and um, I'm not... To answer the first part of Josh's question, I'm not convinced that Cole Beasley is going to be the Bills' Edelman yet. Um, 
I just think Edelman was a little bit more than, you know, the underneath kind of slippery guy. He was able to get down the field a little bit more than Beasley is shown to be able to do, at least right now. Um, so I'm not 100% sure that I love that comparison, just like a lot of people are comparing Josh Allen to Cam Newton, and I don't really love that comparison. But uh, the question still kind of makes sense. Who who can we get that for that underneath receiving running back kind of position? And I think Singletary is going to work for that role pretty well. Thanks again for the question, Josh, on Twitter, at Rumblings Q&A. We'll be right back after this break. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It looks to be a running back heavy portion of the Buffalo Rumblings Q&A podcast at Pushing Waves Ask Us. What were your thoughts on TJ Yeldon in regards to playing time and performance in the second preseason game against the Carolina Panthers? Well, he was better in the second game than he was in the first game. He didn't lose a fumble, which is what he did against the Indianapolis Colts in week one and really pushed him down the depth chart. Seven rushes for 26 yards isn't great, but his long of 16 was. He also contributed out of the backfield with the 10-yard catch on one target. So that was a solid performance for a preseason game. Uh, I still don't think he is going to make the roster. I think the Bills are going to use that roster spot somewhere else. I think they're going to keep five defensive ends. They're going to keep a ton of linebackers for special teams. And Sonoris Perry may make his way onto the roster as a special teams player ahead of Yeldon anyway. So I, I don't think Yeldon's going to make this roster. It's going to be LaShawn McCoy, Frank Orr, Devin Singletary at running back. They're going to keep Patrick DeMarco at fullback and I think that's going to be your running back contingent going into the 2019 season I just don't see a way where TJ Yeldon who doesn't play special teams sneaks onto the roster just to be inactive on game days thanks for the question at rumblings Q&A Charlie Britton on Twitter asks us, is Hausch money coming to an end? Steven Hauschka has missed a few goal in each of Buffalo's preseason games. One was a 48-yarder. One was inside 40 yards. Not something that we're typically used to seeing from him. And 
Stephen Hauschka had a rough go at the end of the 2018 season after being injured on a dirty hit. He's 34 years old, which is not old for kickers necessarily, but people are already starting to bring up Dan Carpenter in relationship to Hauschka, a guy that was super solid for a while and then kind of fell off. I don't think I'm at that point of worry with Hauschka yet. Uh, he's proven to be very accurate kicker and especially with changing holders all the time. He's been um, missing field goals in games with both Corey Carter and Corey Bajorquez holding for him. But, you know, changing holders the whole time probably isn't helping. Um, I, I'm not worried about him until he starts doing it in the preseason or in the regular season. I'm sorry. Uh, the the preseason's preseason for everybody. So if he's doing that in week three, then I'll worry. But until then, I think he's uh, pretty reliable. And we'll just stick with that. Thanks for the question on Twitter at Rumlings Q and A. Charlie asked another question. Is there a potential trade out there that makes sense? And this kind of dovetails in with a question I received from Ron from New Mexico on Twitter. Ron asks us, what does the Sean McCoy trade look like for the Bills? What are the cap ramifications for Buffalo and the other team? Compensation, locker room issues, fan issues, offensive implications. Apparently, this is turning into the running back episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Um, I don't think a LaShawn McCoy trade gets done. His value isn't high enough right now. But um, but let's entertain the thought that a LaShawn McCoy trade could happen and answer these questions from Ron. Let's start with Buffalo's cap ramifications for it. He, he has 2.625 in dead cap space on Buffalo's salary cap this year from his signing bonus he signed uh, back in 2015. So if he's released, Buffalo would save $6.1 million of their roughly $9 million cap hit for McCoy. They would still be on the hook for that $2.625 million in salary cap space, but that's already spent money. And so they would save $6 million in actual cash and $6 million in salary cap space. The new team, whoever traded for him, Ron is strongly suggesting the Cowboys should do it. Um, they would be on the hook for his $6.175 million base salary in 2019. And of course, could always sign him to a contract extension if they so chose. So those would be the salary cap ramifications of trading LaShawn McCoy right now. I think on the field, it's going to be a platoon anyway at running back. And so if you trade LaShawn McCoy, you'd be asking more of probably Devin Singletary. You'd be asking him to come out and probably be your starter with Frank Gore being your still that solid kind of change of pace, second running back through the rotation kind of player. And I don't think that would be asking too much of Singletary right now, but it would certainly change the way that you looked at the depth. And then you're probably talking about keeping TJ Eldon as your third running back, which again, wouldn't be all that negative of a situation. As far as locker room issues go, um, I do think that he, LaShawn McCoy is well liked in the locker room. Uh, he has a good relationship with several of the players in that locker room. I don't think it would be anything that broke the locker room though. The Bills have a strong leadership in there. Um, they have strong coaching. They have been able to get rid of players in the past without really a whole lot of 
of problems liked players disliked players all of the above so i don't know if the locker room issues would creep in fan issues i mean there would be a lot of people upset about it because they think lashaw mccoy is super talented and the reason for his 2018 fall off was entirely related to the offensive line and not his aging talent so there would probably probably be some fan issues coming out of that conversation and i don't know if there would be any offensive implications to answer your final question ron so uh, if we do talk about that LaShawn McCoy trade, and again, I don't think it's going to happen just because if it was going to happen, it already would have happened. Uh, his value would have been higher to another team earlier, though Ezekiel Elliott and um, Melvin Gordon are certainly trying their best to leverage their teams. I don't think that it's a great place to be, and I don't think paying running back $6 million when he's whatever he is, 34 years old, 33 years old is the best way to build your salary cap anyway so i don't necessarily see a team trading for that salary cap figure that roster um salary figure for the mccoy i just don't see it happening and uh thanks for the question guys at rumblings q a on twitter Bills fan 365 asks, how much has your projected final 53 changed over the last two preseason games? I think he means first two preseason games. And who has surprised you the most, either positively or negatively? Well, this gives me a good chance to go back and look at my pre-training camp 53-man roster projection. The biggest name that sticks out to me is David Sills. I put him in after watching Embedded and seeing how interested in signing him the Bills were. And uh, he just has not shown up at all in training camp and in preseason games at all. Um, In training camp, I was expecting him to use his size and length to create some separation. He has not done that. Um, He just has really fallen flat. And uh, I think he makes it to the practice squad just on upside potential, but he's definitely not going to make the 53-man roster. I had uh, Tommy Sweeney not making the 53-man roster. But with Jason Kroom and Dawson Knox really opening the door for him and Crew and Sweeney really landing the plane. I know I mix metaphors, but that's okay. Uh, Sweeney is a roster lock at this point, and I would think that Kroom isn't going to even make the roster unless he can do something these last two weeks of, the, of August just to make the roster. I would think that if Dawson Knox is healthy, that uh, it'll be Tommy Sweeney, Dawson Knox, Lee Smith at tight end for the Bills heading into 2019 with Tyler Croft starting the season on the pup list. Another guy that's really impressed me is Daryl Johnson, who I had as one of the final players out of my 53-man roster prediction, and the Bills only keeping four defensive ends. I think they're going to keep five defensive ends now, Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson, Trent Murphy, and then Mike Love and Daryl Johnson as the fourth and fifth defensive ends. They both played really well uh, in, in the preseason and in training camp, so I think they're going to keep five of those guys. I wanted to throw in one more comment from my five observations piece following the Panthers game. And uh, you asked who I've been surprised with most negatively, and that's Tyree Jackson. I thought he might make a push for the 53-man roster. He has completely fallen apart in the preseason. Uh, He wasn't great in training camp. I wasn't expecting great things from him in the preseason games, but he just has not played well to the point where I don't even know if I want him on the practice squad. I don't even know if I want him leading the scout team offense when it comes to the regular season for the 2019 Buffalo Bills. Thanks for the question at Rumlings Q and A.
episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Make sure you get your questions in for next week's episode. I'd love to have more phone questions, voicemail questions at 716-508-0405. You can always tweet us as most of the folks did today at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter, Instagram messages, Facebook messages. You can leave comments in the comment section of our weekly show notes articles at buffalorumblings.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. We've got the third preseason game against the Detroit Lions this week. Send in your questions after that game as we are entering the home stretch of the 53-man roster, the preseason, and the offseason in general. Go Bills. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts.